Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. It's going to be an amazing night tonight. I'm, you know, it's, I don't, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm not ready for summer to be over because there was no summer for a lot of us this year. I mean, let's face it, you know, we, we were, we were indoors for a bit, but I'm not really, I'm just, because I didn't do much this summer, so it's got me kind of like, you know, I'm not quite ready to, for fall, even though fall is my, you know, fall and winter are my absolute favorite times of year, but every time there's a season change, I get this, this, uneasiness in me, right? It's like this excitement, this static. You know, it's almost, I, I can feel it inside when I think about, you know, and I watch the trees and the, the leaves are changing and stuff, and it's it's just, I get excited, you know. And so I've been feeling that way all day long, I, and I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if it's because I'm going, I, a lot of you, by the way, I should probably mention this, um, yes, you're listening to a poetry show, but you're going to listen to me for a minute first. <laughs> a lot of you know that um, next week I, we will be doing a workshop, and I'm hoping that all of you will join us for that workshop. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be life-changing, that I promise you. And so while you guys are dutifully doing your workshops, I am going to be out in the wilds, and I am really excited about that too. You know, so maybe that's it. And then, you know, thinking about being out there and it's all quiet, there's absolutely, because I leave tomorrow, right? So there's absolutely no way, no better way for me to spend this evening with you than with you guys, to have all of this in my head when I step off into the grass and just keep going. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's going to be a really fun night. I, I know we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. I've got some announcements to go over before we get started here. Maybe I'll tell you a little bit more about what I'm doing in just a bit. But Okay, so anyway, yeah, some announcements. First of all, if you would like to call in and read tonight, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965 if you'd like to call in and read. If you are interested in putting together a writer's workshop with us, you can pre-record them on your computer. We can do them as a conference call where I can help you and maybe interview you and talk about what you're going to do and then let you take over however you want to set that up. I can help you pre-record it. Or we can do a live show or a combination of both. You know, So think about something that you'd like to, to talk about or present, You know, maybe teach the different types of haikus or talk about those. Uh, maybe you just want to talk about your favorite poet or your favorite poem or your favorite era of poetry, you know, talk about whatever it is, uh, just let me know. Shoot me a message. Probably on Facebook would be the easiest if you're not on my contacts list. It is under Nyla, N-Y-L-A, dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. 
Nyla, first name, last name Alicia. All right, so, yeah, find me. Let me know what you want to put together, and we will get that set up. It'll be a lot of fun, and you guys are really going to love the one next week. Next, I want to make sure that we thank our sponsors, the people who stepped up to the plate and helped to make sure that we stayed on the air for another year, Uh, the people who helped me with the 2020 broadcasting license. Those sponsors are Debbie Kelly, Eric Sheldman, Maddie Gullickson, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Rick Clark, Raymond Bentley, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Rachel Ward, Kevin Kraft, Gina Storm, Renee Cryer, James, a.k.a. One Sapien, Richard Ward, and Colm Kennedy-Hulm. I want to thank all of you for helping with our our, uh, broadcasting license for 2020. Appreciate you guys. And, you know, I, I was thinking about that. This is like September already. And that means next month, October, the end of October, That's our 14th year anniversary. 14 years we've been doing this together. That's crazy, you guys. This is so much awesome. (laughs) All right. So now I am going to grab your little papers and pencils and journals and all that stuff because we're going to do your inspiration from the Inkwell segment. Maybe I need to get like a cute little music thing to play right there to transcend into that. Whatever. Um, Okay. So anyway, it's time for your inspiration from the Inkwell. And we're going to start off with your journal assignments. Now remember, journal assignments must be handwritten. I I want the tangible link between your brain and your fingertips, and your pen, and the paper. You write differently when you write longhand than when you type on something backlit or the computer, or how the hell you guys do that on your phones. It amazes me. I still hunt and peck terribly. (laughs) All right, so journal assignments. For the week, for your weekly journal assignments, I'm going to... um, we are doing the free writing poetic analysis, all right? And it's, it's basically free writing but with a very structured twist. <laughs> We're using lines from famous classic poems as our free writing poetic analysis catalyst. So what you will do is you will take this line from this poem that I'm going to give you and I want you to, actually what I want you to do, I'm going to give you a poem, poet, a poem, and a first line. And the first thing I want you to do is I want you to Google the poem that I give you, and I want you to read it. Read it uh, read it a couple of times, you know. And, and don't just read it, but listen to the poet. Listen for the message inside the words. Hear them. Feel them. Look for what they're hiding in there. All right? The poem you're going to be reading, so write this down. This is a poem you'll be reading is this be, this be, the verse. This be, the verse. And it was written by Philip Larkin, this poem. So I want you to read it, remember, and feel it, listen to it, touch it. After you're done reading it and you're ready to write, I want you to open your journal and write the first line of the poem at the top of your journal page. And the line from this week's poem by Larkin is... 
They fuck you up, your mom and dad. They fuck you up, your mom and dad. That is the first line for the poem. Once you've read the poem and you've started writing, I want you to write the first line at the top of the page and then just keep writing. Write whatever comes to mind. But instead of just free writing, what you're going to be doing is you're going to be analyzing this poem that you read, starting with the first line of the poem. I want you to just write whatever your thoughts are about it, how it made you feel, what it made you not feel, uh, you know, what confused you about the poem, what do you think they meant, what did you think of the form of it, what do you think of, you know, how it how it relates to you or not relates to you, just blah, 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 blah. Uh, they fucked you up, your mom and dad is what this poet said, and just keep writing. But talk about the poem. Talk about it with yourself. Talk about it, you know, analytically or, you know, visually. Um, just maybe talk to the poet, you know, ask them some questions about it. Just keep writing, whatever it was, and write for at least 10 minutes. So I'm not asking a lifetime here, folks. <laughs> write for at least 10 minutes, anything that comes to mind. You know, explore, analyze, discuss the poem, and then just really explore it. You get the idea. Again, the poem is, write this down if you didn't. That's giving you time to get your journals all out. So the line is, or the poem is, this Be the Verse by Philip Larkin. And the first line you will be starting with is, they fucked you up, or they fucked you up, your mom and dad. Right at the top of the journal page and go have fun. This is a cool poem. I think you'll like it. It's funny. All right. So now your writing exercise. That was your journal assignment. We used to have two. Somewhere along the way, we lost one. This just I'm going to have to find another one to put in there. I said I noticed that last week. I don't know how long it's been that way. But you should have two. You should always have two in each category. And there's only one there. I'm slacking. So now, now we're getting to your writing exercises. Writing exercises are different than doing journal writes. Journal writes are one-on-one, you know, yoga pants, eye-to-eye, you know, standing naked in the middle of the lake type writing with yourself. And writing exercises are meant to push you out of your comfort zone, to make you everything. They're your sweatpants. You're, you know, we're, we're going to make you do things you don't want to do. You're going to, you know, whatever it is, <laughs> write about something that you've never written about or in a way you've never thought about writing it, um, you know, from a completely different concept, whatever, you know, is to make you uncomfortable. The only way, you know, you, the only way you're ever going to grow is by stepping out of your comfort zone. And every time you do something a little bit different, your world expands. And once something expands, it can never go back to exactly what it was before. So every time you do something, it's going to make you bigger and bigger and bigger. So don't be afraid of doing some of these weird ones, these uncomfortable ones. But what I want to do and what I've really been working on uh, this actually this this whole year we've been talking about this is to write outside of our labels. You know, I I see a lot of people talking about writing, talking about them as writers, you know, and, and it, it's like a very elite thing. You know, when you classify yourself as a poet, all of a sudden 
you've girdled yourself into this expectation. And every time you sit down to the page, you're thinking, I've got to write a poem, I've got to write a poem, I've got to write a poem. That's a lot of pressure. Sometimes your brain doesn't want to do that. You know, it's like trying to push your muse out the door while it's trying to pull you out the window. Which scenario do you think will work out best? If they're pulling you out the window, go out the window, okay? So I really want you to get away from thinking that every single time you sit down with a pen in your hand that you have to write a poem. You just have to write. The more you write, it's like think about your muse inside you your unique voice as a seed. And every time you write, you're feeding it, you're watering it, it's growing, it's growing, it's growing, it's growing. Okay, I don't remember where I was going with all that, but you guys get the idea. (laughs) Back to the scenario. So we're writing to, um, what we're doing is having you step step away from writing poems and writing things. So with these exercises, I don't want you to write poems. I want these are going to be stories. They're just going to be sitting down and writing with whatever in your brain, you know, one-on-one time with your muse, and boom, go. So I've been having you write to scenarios. So instead of giving you a concrete image or thing to write to, I'm giving you the fluff, and you have to fill in the rest. So the scenario I want you to write to to this week and you know write a short story narrative prose whatever but don't think about what you're doing just start writing it spit it all out and sort it out later when you can all right maybe you'll even find a poem in there when you're all said and done but what I would like you to do is to write a story that starts with someone writing their will one they know people won't like Write a story that starts with someone writing their will, one they know people won't like. And you could write this where it's it's actually your will, and you're writing it to people you know in your life, or you know you could make yourself like super rich and eccentric or whatever. You can make up the person and their benefactories, or benefactors, um, you know whatever you want. Just play with it and have fun. But write a story that starts with someone writing their will. One they know people won't like. So that's your first exercise. The next one is pick apart a prompt. And this is really to make you understand that it is more important what you do with a prompt before you write to it than what you write to it. Muscle memory. I give you a prompt. Immediately your brain is going to pull up imagery. That imagery is going to cause you to write. That's muscle memory. What you want to do is stop that. So when I give you a prompt and you look at it and your muscle memory jumps over there and says, oh, yeah, this, you're going to say, yeah, no, we're we're not going to talk about that today. What else are we going to talk about? And they'll go, "Um, I don't know this. No, what else? So when you get a prompt... I want you to pick it apart. I want you to explore it. I want you to see all the things that it could grow into. Don't write the typical, which most writers do. Don't write the typical knee-jerk reaction, the muscle memory inspiration. Be what writes your poem. Find an angle that is really 
unique or strange or puzzling or whatever and write from it from that angle. And you'll be amazed some of the things you find when you do that. So what you do with the prompt before you write to it is more important than what you write to it. With this said, what we're going to do is I'm going to give you a prompt. And instead of writing a poem to it, you're going to write down the prompt at the top of your page and just start a list of every poem you could possibly write to that prompt, every way that prompt could be twisted to fit the tapestry of your poem or fit into some different scenario or be the metaphor, uh, you know, the, be the the face of or the voice of. You know, how many different things could you twist this prompt into? And you're going to find some pretty amazing stuff in there. And go back to the list. You know, once you've, you know, if you're sitting there and a week later you think, wow, I could write that poem to that prompt from that week ago. And go back to your journal and write it on that list. Always keep track of your poetic hiccups. Write them down. <laughs> so the prompt that I'm going to give you this week is Razor Blade. Razor blade. I think this will be is going to be a really good one. So, you know, take your time and really, really think this one out. Write the prompt at the top of the page, and then start a list of all the different thoughts and ideas and directions you could take it. Once again, the pick apart a prompt is razor blade. Awesome. Now, now that I've gotten you completely away from writing poems, <laughs> I'm going to have you write poems. Prompts are like seeds planted. They are meant to produce poems. All right? So I don't care how you get there, but at the end, you need to have a poem. Now, this first one is going to be really fun because what we've been doing I don't remember what it was we were doing, but I didn't want to, oh, we were doing the slice of life. We've been studying types of poetry, and we were doing slice of life. We're not going to do that this week because I found this really super cool thing, and I want to use it as your um, prompt. So we're going to jump away from the, this life, which is much more serious than what we're going to do. This is going to be fun. i got to leave you something fun before I you know, go lose myself up with all the rattlesnakes. I really don't know if there's rattlesnakes. Maybe I need, oh, I never thought about that. Okay, anyway. There's rattlesnakes there. I know there are. That was a really stupid thing not to think about. Rattlesnakes. Yeah. I got to pack again. All right. Anyway, so. <laughs> um, yeah, where was I? We're changing away from the slice of life poetry, and we're going to do this really fun one that is kind of cool because you, you, you always hear me talking about making lists when you're writing. You know, write it down on a list and go back and look at it later. You know, so it's it's going to be along that line, but with this list, we're going to turn it into a poem. And I found this real. I stumbled on this really cool, uh, this really cool poem picture thing, and I read it and I laughed so hard. And I guess kind of in the light of what I'm doing this week, I thought it, I would share it with you because, you know, it kind of fits in there. But anyway, <laughs> um, 
when I read this, I want you to pay really close attention to how, first of all, how super creative the ideas are, you know, the fantastical things on this list, you know, which is exactly what makes this so fun and amazing. But then I want you to think about something else at the end. Okay, so the example I'm going to give you of this list I want you to write. It's going to be your to-do list. So that is the title to your poem. Your prompt is to-do list. And normally I just let them sit there and fester and you guys can write whatever you want. But I really I want to read this to you, this to-do list I found. And it doesn't have, and this is, you know how I'm always saying make sure that you tell us who you are? Because this is one of the coolest things that I've read. I absolutely love it. And it's not signed. I don't know who wrote it. That's not cool. Always make sure you put your name on it. Even when you verbally publish your poems onto the airwaves, you want people to know who you are. So I wish I could credit this to somebody, but I can't. But whoever you are, I think you're brilliant. And I love you. <laughs> um, so anyway, this is your, the prompt is to-do list. And I'm going to read this as an example of what their to-do list was. And again, really pay attention to what it is. So it would be numbered one through however many you go. To-do list, number one, make vanilla pudding, put it in a mayo jar, and eat in public. Number two, hire two private investigators. Get them out to follow each other. Number three, Wear a shirt that says life and hand out lemons on the street corner. Number four, get into a crowded elevator and I say, I bet you're wondering why I gathered you all here today. Number five, major in philosophy. Ask people why they would like their fries with that. (laughs) Isn't that kind of like what the Dutch Brother girls do? Why do you want fries with that? What are you doing today? We have plans for this weekend. Oh, what are you going to do when you get home? Don't talk to me. (laughs) Okay. So, again, five, major in philosophy. Ask people why they would like fries with that. Number six, run into a store. Ask what year it is. When someone answers, yell, it's worked, and run out cheering. Number seven, become a doctor and change last name to Acula. Number eight, change name to Simon. Speak in third person. (laughs) Simon says. Number nine, buy a parrot. Teach the parrot to say, help, I've been turned into a parrot. Number 10, follow joggers around in your car, blasting Eye of the Tiger for encouragement. Uh, That one's funny. You know, one time I got pulled over in Denver, and I'm a huge Raiders fan, and I had all my Raiders stuff, and the guy had a little Bronco thing on the front of his dash, and it's like, crap, Bronco cop pulls me over in Denver in my Raiders car, right? I reached over I grabbed this cassette, or no, that was a CD. I'm not that old CD. I grabbed a CD, 
and threw it in and I started playing it so when he was when he got out and walked up to the car I had it playing really loud was that bad boys bad boys what you gonna do <laughs> uh, that's kind of along the same line isn't it but wouldn't it be fun seriously follow joggers around in your car blasting eye of the tiger and if they looked at you just give them a thumbs up <laughs> oh god I'm just strange I just that tickled me I can't tell you how bad that tickled me and that and the one about the elevator, getting in a, a crowded elevator and then say, I bet you're all wondering why I gathered you here today. They're funny. So I want you to think about this, this list that I just read, when you do your own to-do list. All right? And make, I want to know your deep, dark secrets. I want to know those things that you think and then say, oh, my God, I'm going to hell. There's a special corner of hell. For me, because I just thought that type of thing. That's my saying, by the way. <laughs> a special corner of hell for girls like me. <sighs> okay, so anyway, um, yeah. Think about all the the things you could put on there. We all have that crazy shit in our head. You know, things we think about but would never do but really wish we could. And make that, put them on paper. Like I always say, I want to wait until I'm like in my 90s and I want to sit out in the front porch. They won't be around anymore, but you have to think of the point of the picture, okay? But when I'm like in my 90s, I want to be, you know, when you reach that age that you can do whatever you want and people just say, oh, it's just because they're old, dear, right? When I get to that age, I want to be able to sit on the front porch and throw water balloons at paper boys, that's one of mine. Now, don't don't be don't get upset. It's just because she's old, and just be giggling my ass off behind behind those eyes. You know, <laughs> I'm finally here. This is awesome. <laughs> it's kind of like the first first time you have ice cream for dinner. You're thinking, oh my god, it's so cool being an adult. Yeah, it would be one of those moments. All right, so I would really, really, really love to see you guys bring some of these back with you to read on the show. I can't even tell you. Out of all the prompts that I've given you, this is probably the one that I would beg you. In fact, if you do this assignment and you bring it back and you read it on the air, I've got a special uh, special speakeasy cookies. You get cookies. Kudo cookies for uh, doing this assignment on your page. That's that. That's that's how much. That's how much this is on is on the line with this. You guys, you have to do this. You just must. Okay. So anyway, do your to do list. Bring them back to the show. I want to be able to. I want to be able to uh, to read them and see what you would put. There was something else I was going to add on there, but I don't remember what it was. So we'll just leave it at that. But yeah. Write down all that crazy stuff in your head. It'd be fantastical. Be creative. Really think about the way you're wording each one because each one in its own right has to stand alone as a as a like a rock between the ice. Each line needs to be real powerful like that in its imagery. And and so really play with it. Have some fun. Please do this one and bring them back and read them on the show. Please. 
I'm not too proud to beg. Okay, enough begging. Just do what I say. All right, poetry prompt number two. And these, this is your line prompts. So these are like, number your paper from one to four because there's four of them. But these lines are like, or these prompts are like seeds planted. They're meant to grow into palms. And with that said, it can be the title of the palm. It can be a line in the palm. Or it can be the general concept of the palm. Okay, so your first one, prompt number one, trees stand mute and tall. Trees stand mute and tall. Number two, most beautiful, lonely. Most beautiful, lonely. Three, where the pavement ends, where the pavement ends. And number four, everything but this I can explain. Everything but this I can explain. And these prompts are kind of fun because all of those prompts, right when I was sitting down and doing this, I had closed my eyes and was thinking about this trip I'm about to go on. All right, so I have this I have this whole places I've never been out way out way out in the boonies, you know, me me against time, hunting for shadows and going on this, this fossil dig and in this brand new place. Um pretty much untouched a very good friend shared the location with me and I've been plotting this out for for a while but I'm going to be out there all by myself just me and my puppy and I had to buy like these these snake bite gators because there's rattlesnakes over there <laughs> we trouncing around and you know so I, I just thought that that I would share that image with you so so while you guys are, you know, while you guys are doing the, the the workshop next week, you can think of me running around like that, you know, like like a crazy woman, all out there, all by myself, hair all messy, picking my hand, snarling my teeth, Arr, me against the mountain. But these are all these are all uh, prompts that came from the imagery that came to my head thinking about being away, getting out of here, getting out where the pavement ends. Magic happens there. So those are your prompts. One, trees stand mute and tall. Number two, most beautiful lonely. Three, where the pavement ends. And four, everything but this I can explain. Remember about picking apart your prompts mentally before you, you know, before you write to them. So think about these, you know, and think about all the different directions you can take them. You can write a poem, one poem to each of them, so you can use each one and write a poem to it. And remember that uh, these prompts, one through four, these prompts uh, can be the title of your poem, a line in your poem, or just the general concept of your poem. So you can write four poems for us to those, or you can write... A poem, maybe, you know, line one and line four 
really jumped out at you and you want to put them both in the same poem. You can be crazy like that. <laughs> That's the way these prompts work. <laughs> I was picturing, picturing Austin Powers right then. Sorry. <laughs> um, you know, if you want to get real froggy and you and and challenge yourself, you can use all four lines in the same poem. You know, so you could actually write one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You could write a lot of poems using the combinations I gave you. I just realized how big it was going to grow, and I had to stop counting. But have fun with these. Mix them up. Maybe you could use trees stand beautiful lonely and mix up the lines. Yeah, you can do that. I'm not the boss of you. I just give it to you. What you do with it after that is up to you. Hope you have fun with those. Those are your prompts. That is your inspiration from the inkwell. We are all done. Just remember, we do have our yearly goals that we've been, uh, our yearly things we've been trying to be conscious of, and that is once a week, go out and do something surprising you haven't done in a while or haven't, you know, have never done. You know, drive a different way home, order something different on a menu. There's this restaurant I used to go to, and every time I went there, I got their lemon chicken because it was the best thing ever. And I never ordered anything else because there was nothing in the world better than that lemon chicken. You know, maybe I could order the the the, the strawberry chicken. I don't know. Craziness. So do something new. Do something you've not done before. You know, Check out someone else's interests. Watch a type of movie you wouldn't watch normally. Um, remember that you have to have input in order to have output. And think how boring your life would be if you were a brand new computer sitting on the shelf and never got anything else. Do you want to be that kind of computer or do you want to be the kind of computer that sits under someone's desk and the cat's sleeping on top of it, and it starts to buzz, and they kick it to keep going. I want to be that kind of computer. <laughs> you know, the more input you have, the more output you have. The more you feed yourself, the more you'll be able to create. All right, next, we are writing a haiku every single day for a year, 365 days, and it starts today. I don't care if it takes you 600 days to get your 365 days. Do your 365 days. Meaning if you skip a day or two days, or what if you go a week, that's a real easy excuse to quit. Uh Uh-uh. No. You don't quit. You just pick up the, the book the next day, that night, and you start again. 365 days, I want you to write a haiku. Walk around your day, and this is really to kind of make you pay attention to your surroundings for a couple different reasons. This is a really important assignment, a really good assignment. But when you walk out of the house during the day, everything that you do is to make money, to pay bills, to be your adulting this, to do adulting that. Every once in a while you get to do something fun for you, Right? But while you're out there in the world, I want you to look around and I want you to find something every single day that's worth 17 syllables. And if you write down your thought and it's only 15 syllables, I don't care. You can go back and add a couple later. The idea is to get those little poetic hiccups onto paper. 
And the haiku, well, it can be sorted out later. But to get them written down every single day, those things that make you stutter, stop, turn, look, something you heard, something you smelled. Pay attention to those things. The more you listen to them, the more they'll talk to you. And nobody wants a muse that's giving them the silent treatment. Okay. Now, remember, guys, you're not just a poet. Have fun exploring outside your label, and you will become a better poet because of it. You know, have fun with your muses, and they'll have fun with you. All right. Now, next, we are going to play our audio track. Now, this is a audio track that we always start and end every episode episode with a recorded track from one of you poets. And with that said, if you would like to have us play your track and play your piece on the air, you can email those to me to the, the word the is in there, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. That's thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. Okay. And we will get those uploaded to the show, and we will play them for the world. Now, I'm actually going to play two, but I will explain the second one after the first one. And this first one I'm going to play, I decided to play this one because, you know, any time when you, I'm going to be out, like, in the middle of God knows where by myself all alone for 15 days with my with my snake boots, not anti-snake bite boots on. Okay, I'm going to be out there for 15 days. And sometimes when you think about that, you know, it's like, I do this all the time, I've done this before, but... At the beginning of every trip, there's always that little butterfly in the stomach, like, oh, my God, I'm going to be out in the middle, middle of God knows where, you know. <laughs> I was and I'm thinking, I should get dog tags, you know, just, just to make sure that if they find my bones someday, <laughs> they'll know who I am, you know. It's like going out and doing things like that. And, and uh, yeah, I forgot what I was saying. That just scared the crap out of me. But anyway... Um, I just no. That's why I decided to pick this tra- this track to start the show with because it's called Strong Women, and it's by the Hydropods, and it's to, to help remind me that 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 it's okay, and it's going to be awesome. All right. So anyway, I love this track. I love the Hydropods. Uh, absolutely, probably one of my favorite uh, performance performance uh, groups of my generation, at least. Uh, just yeah, love them. Anyway, this is them. Strong women, hydropods, here we go. My sister is strong of heart and strong of mind. She stands like my mother once stood, proud and on the world. The same world I stand upon, not as proud of myself as I am of them. I speak warmly of women who endure through tenacity and sensibility, creativity and desire, power and awareness, women who persevere and stand proud and on the world. And I avoid women who whine and the ones who point fingers and complain, the ones who chide and blame others for their failures, sexuality or worldview. I prefer strong women, ones who leap barriers like real women, not like men or gazelles or bats, but with all the grace and strength of true women. And I like intelligent women, women who know how to hold their own, toe-to-toe against any man or anything that stands on this world, women with original thought and insight, because that's how I was raised. 
I prefer strong women, not cat-fighting women, breast-pounding bodybuilders, or cookie-cutter fashion show runway whores, or women who use men as models. Women who know history, who know men are more than a rampaging army of cyclop cocks. Women who know children are more than leverage, who know the world on which they stand and draw power from it. Women who are leaders, women who can process and comprehend, women who are great thinkers. And women who don't like me saying that are probably not that. I like women who can look you in the eye. No pretense, no false flattery, no apologies, no thanks. I've been challenged by many, topped by a few, slapped in the face by some, and shot to hell by a couple in particular, but I still like strong women, no matter what you think. I don't happen to like weak, whiny women, just as I despise weak, whiny men. I can't pretend they're worth my time. If you're a weak woman, blame me now and get it over with. Keep crawling. But if you're a woman who possesses greatness, we have nothing to worry about. You wouldn't let someone like me get in your way anyway. And when I say something good about a woman, and when I say something bad about a woman, take a good look at the woman of which I speak and judge us fairly as you stand or kneel on this earth. Hydropods with strong women. Absolutely love them. You can find them on YouTube, probably the easiest way. Google them. Hydropods. Fantastic, fantastic poets. All right. Now, I got reminded of this before the show, so I am going to be dutiful. And it is the first show of the month. Happy first show of September, everybody. And for our agreement, because I don't read on the show, once a month, on the very first show of the month, I have to read or play a track of mine. And so I am going to do that because that was the agreement and I am honorable. <laughs> I will keep up my end of the bargain. And I didn't I didn't get something pulled up. So I am going to play a track tonight. And I think I'm going to do one of mine is called When Dreams Come Knocking, you know, because I'm talking about having fun, you know, like when you do your to-do list poem. This is one that I wrote, and when I, I wrote it as a spoken word piece, and when I was recording it, you know, I just kind of closed my eyes, and the way that I produced this is the way it sounded in my head when I wrote it. You know, and you, we, as a, as a spoken word artist, as a performance artist, you, that's what you're really trying to do, is to through your performance of the words bring back what you were hearing. You know, and and of what you were wanting to say. You know, and this this whole thing is very very much of like a, a dream voice. You know, someone's dream. You're you're sending your voice to someone as a dream, and is it real? Is it not? And that's, you know, so when I wrote this, you know, I just kind of, it was fun. It's probably the funnest one I've ever produced in my life. So um, I thought I would share that one tonight, I guess. Anyway, this is one of mine, When Dreams Come Knocking. Here you go. Dreams Come Knocking. 
through the keyhole of a door so long closed. Clustered in repose, I drink ink like bourbon. Straight up, hold around the rugs. The locks drawn in crayon rattle on the walls as I wander the halls, picking paper wallflowers to wear in my hair. I know you're there. Words buzz around me like insects pecking at my dark glasses. After a while, they fall. And then, there is no noise at all. Round and round. It comes and goes. Waiting outside, naked, shadow-clothed. Lips like footsteps. Like a newspaper on the welcome mat, with no arms to tap, tap, tap. They just lay there on the floor, delivering words, but never more. Never once is there a reaching for the unlocked door. Nothing's as hard as it seems. As the bedroom Okay, there you go. When dreams come knocking. That was one of mine for our agreement, first show of the month. We're done. (laughs) Now, all right, folks. Once again, if you would like to call in and read tonight, the number is 646-595-3965. If you'd like to call in and read. If you're on hold... This is what you can expect tonight. I do take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code 252 is our first caller. 
So listen for your telephone area code. Once I bring you on, please make sure that you introduce yourself. It's very important, as I said before, with that the list, that amazing list that I read earlier. I can't tell you who wrote that. And that's sad. Because, you know, I wonder how they would feel if they knew that they, you know, that I was talking about them and that I read their little to-do list on the air and the whole world is listening to it right now, the whole world. Every single person in the entire world is tuned into the show tonight and hearing this, by the way, just in case you're wanting to wonder. Um, but the whole world, you know, your, your piece is out there for everyone in the world to hear now, but nobody knows it's you. To me, that's so sad. So whoever did write that, if you ever do hear this, kudos. All right, so make sure you introduce yourself when I bring you on. Next, you can read two poems. And if the lines end up getting too busy, then I will switch that back to having you do just one. But right now, you'll be fine with two. If the lines get too busy, I'll let you know, and we'll switch it back to one. Next, when you're done reading, make sure you give out your URL. It's real important that people know how to find you, come read you and your work, get to know you better. And then remember, we have a mature rating, meaning anything goes with the exception of explicit sexual content. No tab A into slot B, you know, no bumping body parts. Other than that, you're good to go. All right. I'm going to go ahead and give the first three callers so you know where you are in the lineup. And if you're coming on fairly quickly, the number is 252, area code for our first caller, followed by 731, followed by 779. So those will be our first three callers for the evening. With that said, let's go ahead and grab 252. You are on the air. Hey, Nyla, it's Quaid. How's it going? Hey, Quaid, how you doing? What a great start to the show. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> That's awesome. That's awesome. Are you ready for your trip? I am. I can't even tell you how excited I am. It's scary and you know exciting what? and thrilling and fun, and and it's like stepping off an edge by yourself. It's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. It is, it is going to be amazing. Now, you mentioned rattlesnakes earlier, mm-hmm. and that's my thing. It's just the wildlife. You know, it's like getting out there and the elements, and, you know, I feel like I'm in their territory at that point. Oh, you most definitely are. <laughs> yeah, and and if something happens to you, it, I I believe it's the person's fault for not being prepared, you know. True. So that's why I seriously I I spent all day online. I had to order them off Amazon so they get here in time. Um, but the the they're like these these things you wrap around your legs that keep rattlesnakes from being able to bite you, right? But I'm short. I'm only, I'm only five feet and a half inch tall, so I'm a little oh. girl. And so these ones, it's like they would they would go up around my hips. <laughs> So I had to find ones that I could, and then the knee the knee pad on it would be like in the middle of my thigh. <laughs> it's yeah. like no, I need the knee pad down on my knee. So I really had to search for uh, search for search for some that would work, and that was kind of fun. But yeah, I bought a snake bite kit just in case. I'm always usually really, I mean, I'm really prepared for anything dangerous. Nothing, I I never really get scared out there at all. You know, the only thing that would scare me is if I surprise some wildlife. Mm. You know. But, now, I do, okay, I do have a friend who just came from Montana. 
had a time have a time of life. What was that? I have a friend who just came down from back from Montana. Mm-hmm. He had the time of his life. So oh, oh maybe I can I'm imagine. Too much of it. Well, a very good friend of mine, his name's Gaylord, found this place when he lived in Oregon twenty some years ago. Long time ago. And just told me where this virtually untouched fossil layer is. And I'm really, really, really excited because it's just right outside of the John Day area, and which is real famous for its dinosaurs and, well, you know, not dinosaurs, but saber-toothed tigers and all that good stuff. Um, you know, and lots of plant fossils. I'm, I'm just excited. I'm excited. I want to accidentally stumble on a saber-toothed tiger. You never know. I know, right? No, I'll just find a bunch of pretty leaves. And that's going to be perfect. <laughs> but I'll be looking for that saber tooth, man. <laughs> there you go. Just manage expectations, and you can't have a bad time. Exactly. Thank you for asking. I am really so excited. I'm sorry. i got to shut up about it. How are you doing, Quaid? Doing good. Doing good. Doing good. What, um, what's new and poetic in your life? Well, just kind of just trying to push myself a little more as far as writing. And, you know, you you spoke earlier, and you do repeatedly, about not just coming to the page as a poet. And Mm -hmm. and I'm just so guilty of that. Um, Actually, for the first time last week, um, just tried to kind of write a super short story. And um, I want to look at it one more time before I share it. but, But it was good to kind of not bind myself in, in in my comfort zone, if that makes sense. Do you know do you know what it's I forgot I forgot how I was gonna put this, but what were you talking about? I just got lost. Um not binding myself as a poet. I'm not binding okay. Okay, there good. Okay. I'm back. Thank you. <laughs> I needed that reel in. But you know how if you if you sit down sitting down to a paper, a paper and this is like a a really clear analogy of what to under, to understand what it's like and what I mean by this, but when you when you tell yourself you're just a poet, when you bind yourself into that, right? Every right. single time you sit down to the paper to write, you're expecting yourself to write that poem. That's like sleeping with someone who does the same thing all the time. Mhm. You know, yeah. That that's like that's like the the. You know, and you guys, a lot of you should know what I'm talking about. You know, where it's just the exact same thing, and pretty soon it's just motions. You know, don't do that to yourself. You know, no wonder we get lost in a hole in writing and don't know, think we have writer's block and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because you're right, because I, I snore, and all the time. So maybe that, maybe that might be it. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, I you know what I love most about you is you actually listen to things I say. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll come on and say, "Do you remember that thing you said 17 years ago?" It's like, um, no. <laughs> Yeah, it's good stuff, good stuff. But I'm sorry. Beside the point, I'm sorry. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> I do have one piece to share. Um, okay. 
and it's actually called uh, When Death is Mercy. It's called what? When Death is Mercy. Okay. <clears throat> I sit to wipe my sword. I got it in the moonlight. See if I need to once more. My breath in this cool night. It proves that I've made it through another storm. I know another test comes, but I don't want to study war no more. But we must get through the dark to see the better days. Some in the presence of darkness have fled away. I too have wondered at times if there's a better way. I wondered if in some other way if this was heaven's aim. And day comes and I just want to heal. They tell me being alive is always better than the alternative. But I'd rather be six feet deep, up high with the Lord, than spend another day with his pain and fight another war. They look at me as if I'm crazy or I've been smoking, hearing what I heard about heaven and quickly trying to go in. But once I finish my assignment, I'm peacing out. That's why I hesitate to have kids, but now the secret's out. I pour a sip for my homies out from my water pouch, remembering the things that we dreamed and what we talked about. And with my teary eyes smiling, knowing that peace will come again, but I'm glad that someone finally found it. And as it rained, I finally seen that all the soldiers are left before me up in heaven pouring sips for me. It's just what I need when my faith deserts me. Knowing that there's hope where I'm going is why death is mercy. In poem. You write about a darkness that I think more of us have felt than would care to admit in a way that makes us feel naked because you're explaining it so well. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of what this... The, it uh, leaves the, us, the, the reader, is. very vulnerable, having hearing it, having heard it. Yeah, I, you know, and some of my favorite writers um, actually were really good at that and kind of encouraged me to do that, um, whether it was listening to... And again, I wasn't seasoned with poets as far as growing up with poetry like that, but I'm hearing um, Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill, um, the honesty and the openness, the vulnerability, um, Tupac Shakur, the vulnerability, and just the courage to actually do that, seeing people do that mm-hmm. and go with go places with words that, um, you know, that, that's so uncommon. You know, that stuff Have you ever uncommon. read Sylvia Plath? No, let me write that down. You need to write that down. She, is, yeah, she is one of the very first poets, and especially being a woman, she was one of the very first poets to ever write. And you, if you don't know her story, there's a movie about her story and get to know her. But um, she was one of the very first poets to write from that very dark, very real place. I could really be interested in getting to know who she is and getting to know her story. Sylvia Plath, P-L-A-T-H. I think that you would enjoy her poetry because it was basically the birth 
of the type of poetry that you're talking about. Get out of here. Wow. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. <clears throat> but yes, ma'am, that, that was it. You don't have a second one? Oh, no, I was just going to do that one for tonight. All right. Do I sound appropriately disappointed? Well, I appreciate your disappointment. (laughs) All right. Great. I mean, it was amazing to hear from you. I really, really like that piece so much. You you know, you're such an important voice for more reasons than I could explain here. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And thank you so much, you know, for everything that you do. Um, You're really a... Uh, an asset to the culture as far as poetry and and giving people a platform to speak. I mean, that's just super big. Can't be quantified. Thank you, sweetheart. I have so much fun being here with you guys all the time. It's a dream. So I appreciate yeah. you. Thank you. Cool deal, cool deal. Oh, and I am looking forward to at some point doing that, doing some sort of workshop um, with you at some point, but I guess we can we can link up later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whenever you're ready, whatever you want it to be on. You know, start doing your paperwork on it and your outlines and getting, you know, take your time, make it what you want, and snap of the fingers, we'll have it done. Cool deal, cool deal. Awesome. All right, sweetheart, we will talk to you next week. Oh, did you tell everyone your Facebook page again? Um. You can find me on YouTube, uh, Quaid Poetry. Um, if you want to contact me directly, it's Quaid Poetry, Q-U-A-D-E, poetry at gmail.com. Um, um, ebook just got uh, just got uh, released called When Death is Mercy. Um, so if you Google Quaid Poetry, When Death is Mercy, um, you can scroll down on Amazon. And it's like a, the, the covering is basically the ocean from the sky view. Um, but definitely... Um, Feel free to check that out and uh, tell me what you think I think. Perfect. All right, my dear. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Always. Thank you. Have a good one. <laughs> you too, hon. Bye. Okay. Bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 732 or 731. <laughs> 731, you're on the air. Hi, this is Michael Todd calling in from West Tennessee. Uh, you can find me at miketodd.blogspot.com. That's M-Y-K-E-T-O-D-D.blogspot.com. That's where I do the majority of my blogging. Oh, who are we kidding? It's where I do all my blogging. <laughs> Hello, Nyla. <laughs> Hi, Michael. How are you, sweetheart? Doing fantastic. Better than I have a right to be. Did you check your email? Nope, you didn't. I did check my email, and I have the link open. Good, good. We'll get to that soon. We're going to do Don Lee, then we're going to do Michael Todd. We're going to do her first because that's the polite thing to do. (laughs) Hey, your trip coming up? It is, tomorrow. Yeah, I I know. I'm um, really excited about you getting to go. Um, I am. I don't, I, mean, I, have any, I don't have anything goofy or smart to say. I'm, I'm just really happy that you're getting, getting to go because this means a lot to you. And you deserve to be happy. You deserve nice things. 
thank you. I love you, Michael. Thank you. I love you, too. Okay, first poem by Miss Dawn Lee, my writing coach friend from out in Pennsylvania. It's called Sinew. Sinew by Dawn Lee. If I knew you would sprint across the tracks, jump the crumbling stone wall, run through the Victorian's weed-punctuated yard, climb the rusted fire escape, push up my bedroom window, its aging panes rattled by freight train rumble, just enough to slide in your run, runner's body and tuck me under you by light of the midnight moon. Then I wouldn't have had to cry so many years over my fall from grace. In poem. Wow. That was incredible. I really like her. I can't tell you how happy I am that you brought her to me. To us, but to me. That's good. That's good news. I love that. I read it. I said, I told her I was reading it. I said, that's intense, miss. She said it was mm-hmm. intended to be. Mm-hmm. Can't miss that. You know, that, that, again, is a perfect example of writing a slice-of-life poem. They took that one moment, that jump, that climb through the window, that they took that one slice of life and told us exactly what it meant. It painted a perfect picture of a moment in freeze stop. It's brilliant. I love her. Me too. She's amazing. She's awesome. I really like when she just kind of like stopped and just looked off in the distance and made a point that the aging pains rattled by the freight train rumble. You know, getting that clarity right there, that's that's just fantastic. It's unreal. It's so great to be locked in an intense string of lines. Everything's making sense, but you got to stop from from just on the outside and make an observation. And uh, it's pretty cool. Pretty mm-hmm. cool. So, anyway, reading that, it made me think about something else, a prompt that you put out a few, well, it's been over a year. Um, you put a picture out and said, hey, write a, write a poem to this picture. And, you know, I don't do challenges well, don't do prompts well. Um, but that particular day just jumped out at me. Can you describe the picture that you The picture posted? is a very almost like an abandoned house looking feel. There's a single bent wood chair and an empty against the wall and on the same wall there is a empty antique picture frame made out of gesso where big chunks of the design have fallen off and there's a peg sticking out of the wall right above the chair and right above the chair on that peg is a black crow. The doors open, and in the next room there is a. It's a little bit lighter than this room. There's a girl standing with long red hair. In front of her is another door that is open into a much brighter room. That's the picture. Yeah, she's redheaded and barefoot. Mm-hmm. Redheaded mm-hmm. and barefoot. And I also noticed that the door. Uh, it's not flush with the floor. It's, it's like five inches above it. So kind of, mm-hmm. I never noticed that. 
I'd trip over that for sure. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see. Let me go back on my part on that post you did. Uh, I said Nyla Alicia. Nyla Alicia has an old-fashioned poetry prompt. She says to write what her picture inspires, and that's what I did. Okay, so here's what I here's what I wrote that day for you. It's called Ravenwood. This girl was held captive, so someone must be blamed. She sat alone in a chair for nights on end and cried. Consider the probability that someone will be framed. She could always open the door from the inside as she tried. The one who knows the plan sits silently aloft to loom as to whether this calamity was authentic or bluffed. With the captive girl gone, there's a single presence in the room. And the raven ain't saying, because truth be told, he is stuffed. A girl like this is born to ramble and destined to climb trees. How else can one explain her walking without shoes? Her dream is to fly. No power can bring her to her knees. The voice inside her head, what some might call a muse. Upon final investigation, what here do we find? An unnamed bird with no known legacy left alone. While the girl searches the forest for one more of its kind. And if and when she does, Raven, he gone. Okay. <laughs> I always loved this, especially the part about her climbing trees. Somebody else that climbs trees. Mm-hmm. You gonna climb trees on your vacation trip? Better not, because nobody ever catch you if you fall. <laughs> I might be, I might stumble through buckbrush or uh, tumbleweeds, because I'll be up in the high desert. Mhm. Okay. Well, don't climb any cactus. I promise I won't. <laughs> that never ends. Well. I don't think they have cactus there. They don't have. There's more scrub brush and. You know, not cactusy. Okay. Great. Are you going to take pictures? I am. Fantastic. That's wonderful. And I will share. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Lots of people lined up. Time for me to ease on down the road. Thanks for your time this time. Until next time, so long. Thank you, sweetheart. Love you. Love that poem. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Okay. Back to the right thing. Now we have our next caller coming from area code 779. 779, you're on the air. Hi, Nyla. Hey, sweetie. How you doing? Uh, I could be better. It's Jessica. It's been a while, honey. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long while. Um, well, um, I could be better. <laughs> but, yeah, no. Uh, I have brought two pieces. One is an old poem. It's like 11 years old. And then I have one from today. So you have to choose which one I read first. 
Um, I want you to read the one, the oldest one first. Okay. It's called Down This Road. A lot of the time, I don't exactly know what it is I want, but a hell of a lot more of the time, I know exactly what it is I need. I know that I need you because I become sick while you're away. I also know that I need you because when I'm alone, not one memory ceases to replay. It's the feeling when you touch me and the ecstasy when you kiss me. It's my heartbeat increasing and the pounding in my head. When I rest my face on your chest just to hear your breathing, it's everything I've waited for. Please tell me you're never leaving. And say it because you want to, not because it's what I want from you. Every girl dreams about her perfect wedding. I've been there and back. More than ever, I've been betting that you'll stick around for the after effect. That little thing they call a life, the one bearing the title of husband and wife. And that's Anselm. Beautiful. I have a feeling this one's going to be quite different. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's called Beneath My Ocean. I've had my share of poison painted on my lips. I know the distortion that comes from this. My nerves are rising to the pain. I can't concentrate when I'm suffocating. Their words are like shots of adrenaline in my heart. Each morning when my eyes open, the anxiety starts. I can't hold my pen still. My words are stumbling off my tongue, diving headfirst into the next pill. The last time I breathed an even breath, I can't recall. The last time I longed for death, I felt the fall. My lungs seemed to have a crack in them, filling up with heartache and leaking past the hems. The accusations. The hatred shatters from their voice. The accusations and the lies that cause my body to shake. Involuntary, no longer my choice. I haven't slept in weeks. I haven't eaten a solid meal. My anxiety is deafening when it speaks. Louder each day, screaming the way I feel. The weight is falling off daily while the scariest weight is building. I have little to no safety. I watched Alice chase the rabbit again and again. What a terrible habit. And that's MP. You know my advice? What's that? Become the rabbit. The rabbit's always running away. Better being the one chasing. Yeah. Be the rabbit. Beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, you've, and and I always tease, you know, you're my baby poet. You're my little girl. (laughs) You know, I've, I've watched you grow up on this show. We've been on the air 14 years. When I first met you, you were a little teenager. 
I know. Can you believe I'm 30? No, shut up. I'm not even talking to you ever again. <laughs> Stop getting older. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, you know, you're just you were just this this little snip of a thing writing in her little book on her, you know, sitting cross-legged on her bed, chewing on her pencil tip. You know, little teenager when I first met you, and I've watched you go through such a change as a woman. But one thing that you had back then and that you still have in your writing today is your courage. was the first thing I noticed about you writing is the courage you have. You know, you don't... You don't hide feelings behind fluffy bunnies. I guess is the best way to put it. You're not you're not afraid to have that emotion out there. Just fantastic job. And I want Thanks. you to be the bunny. <laughs> okay. Don't be the bunny and don't be Alice. Let's see. I want you to be the caterpillar. <laughs> the caterpillar. Yeah, you can be the, the one that just sit back and be the caterpillar, caterpillar <laughs> for a while. <laughs> I would like to be the caterpillar for a while. <laughs> oh my God, honey, that was a great ride. Did you? Are you? Did you want to do another? You, that was two. Uh, no, we're done. I don't have any other ones. <laughs> I, I get ahead of myself. I get excited. I trip over my face and forget what I was talking about. <laughs> oh jeez. I want you to. I don't. I. I don't like to hear you're not doing well. Just makes makes me sad. Really rough patch. You're one of the toughest women I know, but you know that doesn't do a lot to help. You know, because people are supposed to say that, but you are. Shoot me a message if you need me, okay? Okay. I love you, honey. You are my girl. Love you. And I'm proud of you. And whatever it is that's fucking with you right now, Mama will come, okay? (laughs) I love you, baby. Tell everyone how to find you. Um, You can find me on allpoetry.com. It's Scarlet Letter. Perfect. All right. Are you still you're still on Facebook, aren't you? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right, my darling. I will talk to you soon. Shoot me a message, okay? Okay, I will. All right, baby. I love you, hun. Love you too. Yeah. Our sweet Jessica. Love that girl so much. Seriously, I've watched her grown up from a little girl into a woman. Watched her through boyfriends, through hard times, through getting married and having babies, and and just absolutely love that woman. Okay, and she is. She's growing up into such a great woman. No, I don't like it when my kids grow up. Okay, all right. Now, <laughs> area code two one nine. You are on the air. Yeah, now how you doing? This is brother on the line. Hey, brother O. How are you, hon? I'm good. It's 
good to hear from you. What do you got for us tonight? I got this phone call. Well, no, God was really willing to allow certain things to happen to us. Uh, okay. Brother O, your true servant after God's own heart. A brother who follows God's plan for your life. A faithful and dedicated brother who shines to live a lifestyle that is pleasing before God daily. An authentic Christian brother who recognizes that he is not a perfect man. And a brother who I mind respect is a real man who doesn't should quote anything. Brother, I clearly understand that life is not meant to be fair and God is no respect of a person. However, I have to, let me ask you something, and please don't take this personal. My brother, if God was really good, as you say he is, why would he allow us to go through certain situations or allow certain things to happen to us? But Lord, God was good. He wouldn't allow tragedy to occur. He wouldn't allow misdemeanor-free actions to occur, and He wouldn't allow us to experience death on a regular basis either. It's like many people that I know, and myself included, have experienced death in one form or another this year. But Lord, God was good. There wouldn't be any economic inequality. There wouldn't be any poverty. There wouldn't be any financial struggles. There wouldn't be politicians trying to cut programs for the poor, elderly, and disabled. And there wouldn't be families struggling to meet basic needs. But the old God was good. Why we allow us to experience rejection? Why we allow us to be treated as cast or strangers in the black sheep? Why we allow us to be ridden off and dropped down the bottom of the totem pole by people who claim to love us? And why would he allow us to be forgotten about either? Well, oh, God was good. Children wouldn't go to bed hungry. Children wouldn't be subjected to abuse. Children wouldn't be placed on medication for mental health disorders. Children wouldn't be subjected to hazing and bullying. And children wouldn't have to worry about being gunned down the streets and planting fuels before their 18th birthday. And children wouldn't be suffering from PTSD on a daily basis. But although God was good, we would not have gone through slavery. It be used as tools of exploitation for profit. We wouldn't still be experiencing racism and discrimination on many levels, even in 2020, and still be racially profiled and, and uh, gunned down while unarmed by the police. Although God was good, why is there unemployment? Why is there homelessness? Why is there a spike of violence all across this country? Why are there sicknesses and diseases? They're designed to take us all out, like the coronavirus. Why is there pain and suffering all across this land? Why is there anger and frustration all across this country? But, Lord, God was good. Why Why do we go through tests? 
Why do we go through storms? Why do we go through troubles? Why do we go through struggles? Why do we go through trials? Why do we go through dry seasons? Why do we go through wildernesses? Why do we have problems? Why do we deal with issues? My dear brothers and sisters, let me remind you of something. There are certain situations and things they are beyond our control in our lives. And we may not always understand why God has to take us through certain things or allow certain things to happen to us because we can't always predict what's going to happen next because the thing about life that is, that is a constant besides death and taxes is change. All you can do Keep your faith and know that God is still in control of everything in your lives because I'm a living witness to this statement. It's still good all the time, no matter what you're going through right now. In poem. Good, strong words, my dear. Thank you, now. I appreciate it. You're very, very welcome. Good job. So, do me a favor. Are you going to read two tonight? I have to ask. You always say no, but I'm going to ask anyway. Uh, no, just that one. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So, do me a favor then and tell everyone how they can show you some love, hon. Uh, those of you who uh, would not connect me on Facebook yet, I can find on Facebook on Omar Brother Old Gavin. Uh, and always, I uh, truly appreciate your support to speak to you cast every week. And I always thank you for listening to my to my poetry. Thanks. Thank you. You're welcome, Pun. Appreciate you so much. We will talk to you next week, okay? Okay. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye, sweetheart. Take care. That was Brother O on the mic with you. We are going to get to our next caller. Dun, dun, dun. As soon as this gets in there, and that goes there, and that's done. And then next we have 757. 757, you're on the air. Hey, now it's Tamika Barnett. How are you? I'm doing awesome, sweetheart. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Just hanging in there, listening to you talk about all this crazy stuff you're going to be dealing with during your <laughs> your wonderful vacation, and, um, and you're excited about it, which you know I think is interesting. <laughs> but I said, okay, you know that's all right. Well, just, you don't want to go with me. No, I just hope you <laughs> bears and oh my gosh and rattlesnakes and all that stuff. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. That's all right. I'll let you tell me about it when you get back. <laughs> and I will. I know you will. Um, I'll I'll send pictures. Mm-mm. But um, yeah, I have one piece 
for tonight. Um, it is called When Change Stirs. <clears throat> the calling of time, the power of the mind, creating ways to measure. Is time something that's truly treasured? Banneker, clocks, almanacs, transforming, transformation. And change standing by my side and at my back. The weather, the seasons, the patterns, they do change. I too have changed. Never wanted the negative to stay the same. Outside and inside. What to do when worlds collide? From change and when change stirs, I can't hide in peace. I loved it. Thank you. I love the way when you write, you explore your voice in your palms. Oh, I appreciate that. I, I try to. That one, I actually, um, I actually brainstormed before I put it together, and it went through three rewrites. <laughs> and um, but I enjoyed the brainstorming part. I hadn't done the clustering thing in so long, and. It's one of my favorite ways to brainstorm. And so I was just, um, got the words TikTok and just went from there and started thinking about clocks and almanacs and seasons and weather and patterns and change and transformation. It's like it just came together. So The alchemy of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love the process. So thank you. You're very welcome. All right, my love, you know the drill. Mm, um, you can find me on timbook2.com, T-I-M-B-O-O-K-T-U.com, uh, Tamiko, T-A-M-E-K-O, Barnett with an E on the end. Um, also poetrysuit.com forward slash me. Forward slash T A M E K O one three, and that's it. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome, <laughs> sweetheart. We'll talk to you next week, okay? Yes, absolutely. All right, hon. Bye bye. Bye. All right. Our next caller comes from. Are you could eight three two eight three two you're on the air that me that be you that be me baby that be <laughs> me baby what's going on how you, you doing you sweetheart doing? i'm all right i'm all right i'm all right all right 
Uh, I just got, got in, so are you going on a trip or something? Uh, I, I am. I am going on vacation for a week. All right. Actually, All right. 15 we, days. I'll be up there for 15 days. You charge All right. That's, that's great. <laughs> go, 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 go see some polar bears and have some polar popsicles or something. I don't know. <laughs> You know, I wish that would be amazing. That would be awesome fun to go someplace where I could see polar bears and and yeah. Where I'm mm. going is going to be in the hundreds every day, so I don't think I'll see any polar bears. Unless they are uh, going south for the winter, you know. I don't know. That could be. Uh, they're being bathing suits, and uh, you could airdrop them in just to mess with me. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I wouldn't like, put what? it past you. <laughs> what? What? Polar bears here? What? What? In the desert? In the desert? Polar bears? What's going on? What's going on? Oh, too yeah. funny. I guess I gotta read two poems or one. What? What? What do I have to do? You can do whatever you want to do. Okay, I'm going to do this. I let you. I I like to do what the last poet did, your, your, your baby girl poet. I like to do one old and one new. One okay. from about 10 years ago and one I did today. So the, the oldest one. The oldest one is is the first, and the youngest one is the second. So here we go. This is called Fish Out of Water. Like a dish just washed, slopping, dripping, slopping, flipping, so sad, flip-flopping. Flip-flopping from one element to another. Tragic. (laughs) Grasping. Grasping for what's not there. Help come away. Flip-flopping. Flip-flopping. Hoping to catch a break. Wishing to fall in what has been can't adapt to the new scene from scales, legs and tails obscene. So just lay there, stay here, failed once, gave in. Now you're just uh, now you're just uh, fishing. Fish out of water, fishing with a question mark. Say what? Say what? Say what? Say what? Say Say what? Thanks for listening. (laughs) When was that one written? Uh, oh, 10. I mean, yeah, 2010. 2010. Okay. 2010. 
Okay, the next one, uh, a friend of mine at Port, we went to a place and uh, Sticky Lips is the name of the place. And Sticky Lips it was. It had some delicious ribs. It was so delicious. I am so pissed at you right now. You know what you're doing. You know you're not. I'm uh 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 uh. No, you know what you're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm gonna get you. (laughs) You're so mean to me. Is there really a place called Sticky Lips? It's a rib joint. Yeah, it's a rib joint. I'm uh uh, even though my area code is is uh um um what's my area. My area code is, uh, is is Houston, but I'm living up in western New York, and it's a, a place called Sticky Lips. I love that. I can't even. That is genius. <laughs> All right, go ahead. I interrupted you, but I just had to tell you that that I'm really mad at you right now. But now, go ahead. <laughs> you know what I have on? I have to stop. You know what I have on the stove right now? Do you know what I was doing prior to the show? Boiling water. <laughs> and and actually for, started it last night, so it was cooked all night long, is I am actually right in the middle of making homemade chicken noodle soup with homemade egg noodles. And it is now cooking and on the stove oh, waiting that. for me to get done so I can go in and eat it. That sounds good. I'll yep. eat that. I'll eat so that. you you yeah. can tease me. You can tease me, but I just want you to know, when I get off, I'm diving headfirst into a giant thing of chicken noodle soup. <laughs> with, with some with some crack. You said dumplings already, or crackers, or what? Home homemade egg noodles, which I use. I actually put the secret ingredient of baking powder in them, so they puff up like a dumpling. They're yummy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. Mm. But you can't be sticky lips. <laughs> you can't be sticky lips. No, I want to go there's there now. Rest, there's a restaurant around these parts, and they call it Sticky Lips. Ribs and sauce so good, you can't just make one trip. And wouldn't you know they're as contagious as can be. I call the worst cases sticky lips. My mind is so ashamed. Help me. Because I had to choose who to kiss. If I chose the one wrong one, to the ER we run, run. And the nurses and the, la- and the, nurses and the doctors would laugh. They would have so much fun. Because our sticky lips would be... Sticky lips, sticky lips, how can this be? Worst case of uh, smacking, I'm in trouble endlessly. Cousins and acquaintance, babies and first dates, kiss and hug after a fight. Keep in mind, I'm the lovable type. (laughs) Sticky lips, sticky lips, how contagious can you be? Kiss her once and you can't stop. You get to have more than three. Sticky lips in a restaurant in New York State. With lip smacking ribs, you just can't forget. 
And this is the case of the sad, sticky lip disease. Called it once, twice is a crime. And the only way to get rid of it is to kiss someone behind. <laughs> the sad, sad, sticky lips, sticky lips. Don't be looking at me. <laughs> Sorry, that's all I wrote. Huh? Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. I, re- I really want ribs now. That sounds so good. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the 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 it's it's not just soft, soft. It's it's crunchy. The skin, the the outside is crunchy and the inside is soft. So and then the 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 sauce. Uh, is there a slight, slight char to the outside? A little bit of blackening? Yes. Oh, my yes. God. Oh, my God. And, yes. and like, when you bite into it, it, it cries because you hurt it because it's so raw? Yeah. Yeah, so good. I'm there. Sweet sauce. That's, Sweet sauce. Mm. Not, 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 the, not the bitter sauce like some some uh, people like the, the vinegar, vinegar, vinegar sour sauce. This is a sweet sauce. Ah. And a big piece of cornbread and uh, pecan pie. Season for pecan is just here. So, yum, yum, yum. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. All right, Charles C.B. Banks. Thank you for, uh, thank you for all that. You'll be thinking about it when you're eating those noodles. Hey, I, I'll eat those noodles. Man, that's, that sounds good. I eat, I'm hungry right now. I make incredible homemade noodles, I'm just saying. Yep, with the dumplings. Or, or you said the noodles, not the dumplings. So, okay. They're dumpling noodles. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a, a, have a ginger beer on the side, just ginger-flavored it's not beer. It's actually ginger. You know, we aren't going to have anyone listening to the show now because they're all going out to eat. <laughs> you just you just chased everybody away. The lines are now dead. There's nobody here no. because everybody just ran out to, like, make a McDonald's run. Oh, oh. But it can't compare to your chicken noodle soup and my sticky lips. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> It cannot compare. No. All right, sweetheart. Do you want to read a second one? Are you reading a second one tonight? No, that was the second one. So I'm. Oh, that was the second. That's right. I'm. Yeah. I'm with Fish out of water. I know, right? You got my head all like swamped up with barbecue sauce. All right, tell everyone how to find you, hun. (laughs) Oh, Facebook, A B E. Make it simple. Just like them sticky lips. <laughs> awesome. All right, All right, sweetie. We will talk to you next week, hon. All right. You, well, no, no, you'll be gone. Oh, that's right. You get the, you get yeah. the, uh, yeah, no, that ain't going to happen. You get the pre recorded stuff. So that's You get good. the workshop next week, which is going to be an amazing okay. workshop. Okay. I got my hammer and nail, so we'll see. <laughs> All right, hon. We'll talk to you in a little bit, sweetie. Thank you. Great job All tonight. All right. Have, have, a, have a good time.
our next caller comes from area code. I wasn't kidding. I, I, I was kidding because he really didn't, but I just had an issue with the board, and so I'm, I'm kind of talking slowly so I can stall for a moment because I did just lose a bunch of my callers, and I don't know. This is just crazy. Okay, area code 307, you are on the air, if you can hear me. Hello. Hey, sweetie, how are you? I'm doing fine. How about yourself? I'm doing amazing. Introduce yourself to everybody. My name is Mary, and I like to write, and I like to paint, and I like to make music. And I like to call on your show, as I've done for, like, 12 years. (laughs) I know. Isn't that crazy? Yes. I mean, it doesn't hit me so much until I look at pictures of me 14 years ago, you know, when I first started doing this show. You know, and then you realize, because we all get older, you know, we're 14 years older than when we started this show. I know it. Uh, Don't remind me. What would you do that for? (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) But it's just like, it makes you realize exactly, it's, it's a good measure of time. It makes you realize exactly how long 14 years is and how long we've been doing this together. I mean, it's crazy. It is. It's wonderful, though. It's it's been a a nice ride. I've made a lot of friends sure. and heard a lot of good pieces and uh, improved upon my own writing. It's it's been a wonderful connection in my life. Anyway. Well, just you know, with that said, you guys, I want you to know, just in case something happens to me while I'm out on my camping trip, how much being here with you guys means to me. And if something mm-hmm. does happen to me out there on my camping trip and I get bit by a snake and, like, turn to bones in the woods, just know that that means I'm out of body. And that means I can come visit each and every single one of you with a blink of an eye instantly to see if you're doing your homework. So keep that in <laughs> mind. <laughs> oh, what did you bring us tonight, nothing. Mary? What's going on with you? Fill us in on everything. Uh, well, I was trying to find something that I wanted to read. And... Uh, I found a couple of shorties that are just weird. Now, if I can get them to work again. Oh, there they are. One is called Drainworm, and the other one is just called Blue. Or I could do Sexadelic. I'll let you pick, <laughs> like I always do. All right, run them by me one more time. I have Drainworm, Blue, mm-hmm. or Sexadelic. What if I want them all? You can have them all if you want. Okay. Okay. Here's Drainworm. Can you hear the call of that chasm in your chest? In your chest? The breast is open for orgasm. I lie awake, lie awake and die. Lie awake, lie, awake, lie. Slowly the walls bend and howl, trapped behind nails. Waves of silence white in the noise in the room, and floods of void. 
Can you hear the call of that chasm? Do you feel that light in your chest? In your chest. In your chest. And peace. That was crazy cool. You sing really well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm appropriately impressed, as always. But why not? Why not sing it how I wrote it? You know, if that's, that's well, you guys, I played that piece at the beginning that I read, you know. That's how it came out of my head. That's the way it got performed. So if you hear music to it, you hear music to it. To make it anything less is wrong. Right. Wait a minute, wrong or right? I'm confused. Right and wrong. <laughs> All right, what else did you bring, love? Okay, here is blue. When looking up at a dazzling sky makes you dizzy and fall, and that's all. What does it mean? When there is nobody to ask where to go from here. Love is so nice, except for when it doesn't, do exactly as you want. Then you realize the ones that you love don't love you. Is this blue? Is this blue? Is this blue? If you find yourself doing for others what others won't do for you, and you find yourself lost within what others are, and you wish you were far, 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 what do you do? Is it me? Is it you? Will goodbye make it true? Does the sky limit you? Is it blue? Is it blue? Is it blue? And peace. You know, the whole time you were reading that, you're very expressive when you read, first of all. you. You know, and you can tell that you write the way you think. I do. <laughs> you do. You know, the and what I thought, no, wait, wait a minute, where where to go, where to go? Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Damn it, where'd my thought Uh-oh. go? I thought I saw it floating like a little fly out my window. You're not helping. I'm sorry. (laughs) I had something so profound to say. Oh, man. I know, and it was going to be like everybody was going to hear me say that about your poem, and they were going to be going, oh, my God, that Nyla girl, she's so profound, and now they're not going to do that. Yeah, because profundity flew out the window like a fly. I seriously forgot what I was going to say. Damn it. Is it blue? (laughs) Oh, thank you. See, you said it and I remembered. So when you're reading that, right, I kind of like, sometimes I'll hear somebody read something and I'll animate it in my head. 
And so I am picturing you as like all metal female robot, but soft looking, not tin can looking, I guess. You know, artificial intelligence from the future, reading that. You know, so I'm picturing that as a YouTube video animated to that was what was in my head, sorry. That that's that that's whole thing was all just to get back to that. To the fact that I made you a robot <laughs> while you were reading. This this you know, is it blue? I am a robot. <laughs> <laughs> Goofball. All right, what what was the third one? Sexadelic. My boots are in the air, and your face is alight with gold and shadows. Your hair is fantastic. Waves of brown, black, and flaxen. Oh, your smile. Your smile raises my hips to meet your teeth. And I want to close my eyes. But the sparkle in your eyes tells me something corner of my imagination could satisfy. I want you. Yeah, those words, unspoken and glowing in brilliant circles in those two lustful eyes whisper in my ear and tickle the sides of my neck. They dance across my shoulders to burn low on my forehead. Oh, they melt, coating me in sweat as they go to my knees, curling my toes in gorgeous agony and the feet. And so I swing my feet like I'm a young girl, tumbling and giggling and losing myself in a mess of hair and limbs and sheets. Oh, yes, you are more than sexy with your tears of joy and your cries of pure satisfaction. You are everything and nothing, pearlescent, and all over me, all over me. And I love you, love you, love you, love you. Ride me, cowboy, ride. The end. I think I just started smoking again. <laughs> well, damn. Okay. <laughs> light them if you light them if you got them. Isn't how to say smoke them if you got them? <laughs> do you know what I love about that is I I do love good erotica, and to me there's true erotica. You know, when I tell people that we can't do adult poems, I'm talking about, you know, the porn poems. But I do love right. good erotica. And that's when you can say everything you want to say and keep it in that brain high. Yeah. You know, you you don't have to get graphic. You don't have to, you know, get into the blueprints of the act in order to take someone to the edge. And that, to me, is what true erotica is. And there were so many lines in that piece that were perfect 
examples of what I'm talking about, and I'm sure I didn't write this down correctly, but the one, I mean, the, the first one that really jumped out at me was um, the one that said something about raise, uh, raise my hips to meet your smile or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't think there's a woman out mm-hmm. there in the world who hasn't seen a man at some point in their life and had that man smile and that they haven't felt that magnet. You know, so instantly that that reference makes it makes the intensity. I mean, we all know that's tangible. That line. So good job, good job. Well, thank you. And I'm glad I Be- could uh, get you off this evening, Mother. <laughs> yeah, now I'm going out in the woods for or in the mountains for uh, 15 days all by myself. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, you're very welcome. It's- if you see me scratching at the sky and howling at the moon, you'll know why. <laughs> well, have a good trip. <laughs> and be safe and uh, keep us posted on what happens. I will. I'm hoping that I actually get some cell service there. It's on a it's I'm hoping that last the normal place that I go, the place I'm going on the second half of my trip, there's no cell service. But I'm hoping there is the first half of my trip so I can post at least post some videos or something. That would be very cool. All right, sweetheart, do me a favor and tell everyone how to find you. Um, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, I think it's under Mouthy Mule or just Mary Goss. So, and that's that's the only place where I post anything. Very cool. All right, sweetie, we're going to be doing a workshop next week, and then we will be back live the following week. So I hope that you enjoy the the workshop, and uh, we'll talk to you the week after. All right. Bye, Nyla. Thanks, hon. All right. I'm kind of stretching this out a little bit because I'm having issues with my lines. 50399, you are on the air. Uh, I guess that's me, right? It is you. <laughs> well, I'm really enjoying the show tonight. I tuned in right around when Cindy was uh, speaking, and uh, boy, that last part was great. Mary, yeah. Don't you agree? <laughs> so I was going through a couple of old notebooks, and uh, one of them was um, a notebook from my math class where I put down a few things, uh, a few lines, because I was so bored, and I really like <laughs> birds more than numbers, just like you. I saw that post. Exactly like <laughs> me. <laughs> I know. So anyway, I kind of looked at that stuff earlier today, and uh, a quick and then we'll get back to real people. Um, and I have no title for this, though you can title it. If you'd like. Are you are you hitting a button on your phone because you're talking, but then all of a sudden, it sounds like someone's dialing. Yeah, well, I'm trying not to hit anything on my phone. Um, I'm on the west side of downtown Portland with the sun pouring in, and it affects my phone. Believe it or not. <laughs> so okay, well, sit hear? really still. Okay, I will. Uh, and you can hear me, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's the poem. 61 is a prime number. 58 is not. No matter how I look at it, we have we will have to call each other out 
look for the better. As we rise and fall, my turn to be prime, my turn to write you a love letter. End of poem. <laughs> I love it. Are you going to read more than one, John? No, no, that's it for me. Tonight. What? Uh, I'm having issues no. with the lines. You should know better than that. You should have a couple ready. <laughs> well, I could go back through my archives, but really, <laughs> most of them I've already read to you. I mean, that was just you know, but there those there are people here listening tonight who were not here the last time you read and have never heard you read. So it doesn't yeah. matter if it's something you've read before. You're more than well. It did, you you know, in fact. If you have something you really like, you're encouraged to bring it back and read it again. Well, and I get that. I get that. Um, you know, and I'm kind of looking right now at my computer. I know. I'm stalling uh, just a bit to try to, you know, give you time to look without being too conspicuous in the fact that I'm stalling and, you know, trying to give you time to, to pull one out real quick. And I'm hoping that, you know, we're doing this talentedly enough that nobody is noticing and they're just enjoying the, you know, the natural repertoire between us, you know, old friends. And and uh, so what do you think? Uh, I think you just blew it. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> you just told everybody what you were doing. All right. It's like me um, trying to belay the fact that I need to have a couple of hits of Cialis before I, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Takes a couple of hours for that crap to kick in. you got to really, you know, plan ahead. Ah, all right. Yeah, 61. Yeah. Uh, don't step on me. He was glad I had chosen him. Though he looked at me disdainfully, bigger, older, and beautiful, his eyes grew large as I cleaned his feet, brushed his hair, and whispered sweet nothings. All I wanted to do was ride him. Anticipation set in, legs spread, I mounted, and he had his way with me, his bare back soft, his bone rippling between my legs, I could hear stifled voices of little girls laugh as I moved up and down, enjoying every moment. Well, <laughs> not Hi. quite done yet. Not quite done yet. And when we were done, I gave a nervous laugh. He rested his head against my chest and then slowly walked away, bigger, older, and beautiful. He was glad I had chosen him. That's a song about my horse that lives out in Sandy. (laughs) I love it. I know, right? (laughs) I do. I love it. It's so gay, but it's about a horse. Yeah, I have no modesty. (laughs) And I'm still your comic relief, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you are so much more to me than that. (laughs) I'm glad. I hope you enjoy your vacation. Um, You know, um, have a good time, and uh, I'll see you in a couple of weeks, okay? All righty. I will tell you all the fun things I see. I hope so. (laughs) All right, John, tell everyone how to find you, honey. 
Oh, you know, I'm on Facebook. Most of the time I'm up in Washington Park these days, just walking around. You got to see the new bridge up there, the Barbara Walker Bridge. Oh, it's completely crazy. Anyway, that's what I'm doing. So you can find me in Washington Park or you can find me in downtown, but dodge the riots. They're not fun to be a part of. Yeah, you don't have to speak on that. (laughs) It's unfortunate, but I really want these assholes to give us back our, you know, um, our equal rights protest. They've hijacked it. Okay, that's enough of me being political. (laughs) No, you're allowed. They 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 used a lot of what happened during Occupy to apply to everything now, and you know all they have to do is say point you know point and say see this is why we have to do this and yeah yeah but Occupy was pretty passive, and what's weird is when you go down here and you walk into towards the Justice Center, what you'll see is a lot of peaceful protesters with the BLM movement, but. The minute people start walking in with body armor and shields, these folks leave. So the riots are nothing to do with BLM. This mm-hmm. is just simply, you know, kids, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what to say, and I really don't want to say too much because I live down here. But somebody tried to light my freaking apartment on fire. Oh. That's, that's insane. It is insane. People stop being dumb. Yeah, well, you know, it's COVID-19. Rioters need to work at home and destroy their own property. <laughs> I, that sounds that good to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. You know, I've always been a supporter of... Uh, Various protests over my life, but rioting. You know what well, we talked about Occupy, and I'll throw this in there. And you, you came, you hit it right on the head when you said Occupy was pretty passive. That yes, was, it was, and it was. So, and look how they, and look how they market. treated the Occupy movement. Look what they did. So they mm-hmm. created, in my opinion, you know that we tried to do it passively, and it didn't work. So if we are being aggressive now, it's because we were taught that doing the things the way that we were supposed to and doing them passively, you walked all over us. I, you know, Occupy you know, did not. With that said, I absolutely do not condone anything that's going on downtown and the riots and the all that stuff. No, that's wrong. Well, it's kind of hellish, but you're right. Occupy did not succeed with their goals. But they did make a difference. They mm-hmm. did, and uh, they left peacefully after two months. You know, so I don't have any problem with that movement. Just like I don't have any problem with the BLM movement. It's so obvious who and what separates them from the rioters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. You know, I posted a here. You want to hear one more quote? I posted this um, post from 1967 that says um, you cannot fight for peace and you cannot capture freedom. And you know who said that in 1967? Charles Manson. 
in the basement of Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys. And I have an actual audio recording of him saying it. So even the craziest fucks know what really is going on and how to deal with it. You cannot fight for peace and you cannot capture freedom. Yeah, so take it for what it is. <laughs> I put it up and most people don't even recognize that the quote is from C. Manson. <laughs> Are you in shock or what? <laughs> nope, I'm just listening. There is an actual bootleg from 1967 of all the music he ever did in Brian Wilson's basement with the support. And remember, Charles Manson tried out to become one of the monkeys with his best friend, Mike Dolan, who got the part and he didn't. How how different would the world be if Charles Manson was a monkey? <laughs> I'm sorry. He tried out for it. He also was good friends with Stephen Stills. Oh, my God. Oh, it's yeah. Like the, uh, he was a very popular figure in Los Angeles before he went freaking nuts. But, yeah, before that, he ran a commune that everybody supported, and people gave a word property for him to have the commune on, and and remember, he was in jail for a long-ass time as a child, and he was one of the first people through a experimental program of psychology called Scientology, and he became clear in jail just before he was released. <laughs> Still with I me? think you know far too much on the subject. I love the man. He is absolutely <laughs> the craziest mass murderer ever, and he changed the way we prosecute people. He used a human as a weapon, and it was the first time ever in history that anybody had been charged as a person holding a human as a weapon to use against somebody else, and they succeeded. It's an amazing, amazing history. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I love Charles Manson, but I know, I know, I know. But you like knowing things. You like knowing. It's like you, you, you like the Paul Harvey of it. The rest mm-hmm. of the story. Right. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, watch Criminal Minds. Every single episode shows a picture of him before they start the episode. Every single seven seasons of episodes, they always show a picture of Charles Manson. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, maybe I should send you a link to this freaking album. We used to listen to it back in the, uh, you know, 69, 68, 69. And uh, my good friend, um, who always threw all the parties, said that, we probably shouldn't play this album at a party. <laughs> it's pretty raw, but it's pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. It's free to the public. If you really want to find it, you can find it on the archive.org. So, boy, I didn't think this would end this way. 
<laughs> I just wanted to read this poem about how I just lost my girlfriend. <laughs> oh, too funny. I know, right? A poem about All right, my girlfriend. <laughs> All right. You have fun, and um, I'll continue listening. <laughs> All right, baby. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, John. Peace be with you. You too, hon. All right, Mr. John Kays. Our next caller. I'm still fighting with the with the board. Sorry, guys. Next caller is also area code 503. 503, you are on the air. Nyla. Hey, sweetheart. How are you? It's been forever. It has been. And and you're like my neighbor even. I know. I know. <laughs> I uh I am excited to be here and to hear your voice and I understand you're going out on a huge adventure next week. How exciting is that? I I am very, 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 very very excited. You have no idea. Nice. I get to go out for 15 days and play with dead things. A, a archaeological expedition? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Well, All by myself, me and my puppy aw. and my snake boots. Yeah. And it's going to be a blast. I am. I am just, I can't even tell you. I've Aww. been planning this for so long. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So, very, yeah. Very cool. Well, I um, wanted to to share uh, two things with you. I wanted to share um, a bit of, just a bit of good news. Um, this isn't a poetry topic. Um, but a piece that I wrote about Aztar. And the last time you gave me an assignment, it was about Aztar. That was my black cat that was kind of my muse that passed away. Mm-hmm. And you gave me an assignment to write something about her that was about helping so that people would know who she was. And after that assignment, I also wrote, um, I guess you would call it an essay about her that got published in a a really nice literary journal back east. Anyway, I just won a Muse Medallion from the Cat Writers Association. That Um, is amazing with that poem. Yes. (laughs) It's it's kind of a combination of the, the, the poem and the uh, essay I wrote. So anyway, it's a combined work, and I just thought I wanted to share that with you. So anyway, I am so excited. That is that is really phenomenal. Congratulations! That's really cool. Thank you, and um, so thank you for getting me started thinking in that direction. And um, the piece I would like to read is called Star Dancer, and it is 
written with love uh, for Mabel, who was um, my first greyhound. And I just entered this piece in the Dog Riders Association of America uh, contest for for this current year, so I have high hopes. Um, so here's the piece for Mabel. The first time I saw you run, I knew. The secret, sacred trust between you, the earth, and the sky. Now, standing at the last coal of a well-laid fire, I embrace the quiet. My chin heavy on my pitchfork handle, I wait for solace. And I wait. The smoke curls, rising. But no. I get the quiet, but there is no peace. Not even in the rhythm of stirring the cooling ashes. There is only the ache, the 57-pound ache in my soul. The landscape, my life, is 57 pounds out of balance. My world lost its heartbeat and became still with your last breath on that beautiful and horrible last day of spring. I look around and bless the wildflowers, somehow still able to hold their heads up. They give me hope, hope that you, my precious racer, are young again, healthy and restored, resting at the feet of your creator. Tears well up, and through them I see you running, lyrical, joyful, a celebration, a rocket bound to earth, the glorious, explosive pace that greyhounds are kings and queens of. And I know that I've been party to a secret, a loosely held, slightly magical agreement in place for the best of the best. A sacred trust between the earth underfoot, a greyhound's feet, and the sky. Not until they cross their final finish line does the sky lay claim to them fully. Only then is their beautiful stride exchanged for wings and feet better suited to moonbeams and clouds. Perhaps that's why all these places feel so empty. I'm looking at favorite car seats, sunlit, grassy spots, comfy sofas, to find a girl who is now wildly free, untethered, and racing across the sky. Show them how it's done, baby girl. Give the stars a run for their money. End poem. That was awesome. That was amazing. Oh, thanks. You are very, very welcome. I loved it. Aw. You're so good to me. Put a little tear in my eye. Mm. <laughs> Mabel was such an awesome, awesome creature. She really was. What a what a fine soul. I can I can still see her sitting just snugged up right beside my mom when my mom was going through hospice. And um, 
she was just such a gentle, gentle, sweet girl. So anyway, thank you for the time, and I hope you just have amazing discoveries next week. (laughs) Thank you, sweetheart. I appreciate it. And we will talk to you when I get back. I look forward to it. All right, right. hon. Thanks, care. sweetheart. Hey, did you tell her how to find you first? Oh, I'm on Facebook, uh, Christy Doherty. And um, so far, everything else is still under construction. So <laughs> thanks, Nyla. You're welcome, sweetheart. We will talk to you soon, hon. Okay, good night. Good night. All righty. So as I said, we are having issues with the line. I am going to talk to customer service. I'm going to play a track while we do that. This is Eddie Oliver with Beautiful Beginnings. Here you go, folks. written it, it be the first chapter, they call it life, beautiful as it is, and in the beginning never thinking about an ending, just thinking about building, creating that solid foundation to stand on, trusting, hoping that you don't stand alone, just, just hoping, nose wide open, walking on faith, just trying to keep pace, trying not to lose the race of, of everyday, everyday life. Sitting in a little coffee shop just sipping, writing To the naked eye doing nothing exciting, man She was just sipping, writing But it was something about her Something that made me wonder as she sat there alone over yonder Just sipping, writing What was she writing? Was it poetry? She looked up, man, and and she finally noticed me and, And she smiled so beautiful it was, like like looking at the river now, because cause so beautiful she was. So so I smiled. She went back to writing. Doing nothing exciting, man. It's, and, and I just stood there and admired and wanted to walk on over and introduce myself. But because of my shyness, I decided to retire. To a chair two tables down. Quiet without a hint of a sound, I just sat there sipping, gazing. Admiring her from a distance because her beauty and her innocence were so amazing. Her her smile was so intoxicating. Her her eyes were so engaging. The, the ten second glance made my heart start racing. As if I was high on drugs, straight freebase. I just sat there and daydreamed of, of me and her taking flights to far off places, turning off our cell phones while while we took long vacations in in hard to reach nations. Made me wonder. Was this lady that kept me sipping, gazing, driving me half crazy with anticipation? Nervous I am. She got me caught up in her aura like, 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 dang. <laughs> Yo, who is this lady? Latte sipping, coffee shop chilling. <laughs> I'm yet to know her name, but somehow I seem to be catching feelings. 
I wonder, I ponder, will she come here often? Or will she be interested in me and her doing some get to know you talking? And hope that maybe we can become good friends and do some par walking. <laughs> Hold up. I find that I'm jealous of the way that she holds that pen. I kind of wish that it was me that she was holding. I kind of wish that I was that napkin that she was folding, touching. It's like behind our coffee cups, man, we're playing a sexy game of seduction, hiding, peeking. She's got my attention, no diversions, no interruptions, just just gazing, lusting, hiding, seeking. Every time she sits on her cup, it, it hides that devilish grin like she wants to sing. She's flirting, inviting me to come on over, come on in. I wish it was me that she was sipping. Should I say I wish it was me that she was kissing? See, this be beautiful beginning. The beginning be the alpha. As it is written, it be the first chapter. They call it life. Beautiful as it is in the beginning. Never thinking about an ending, just, just thinking about building. Creating that solid foundation to stand on. Trusting that you don't stand alone. Just, just hoping. Nose wide open. Walking on faith. Just trying to keep pace. Trying not to lose the race of everyday life. Life. Kissing on a white sandy beach Making love surrounded by palm trees I worship you because you made me believe that That God, that God said that you and I Are you and I were meant to be You are so heavenly I can't help but believe that That God sent you to me because You put me at peace and And to him I am forever grateful I know sometimes baby that I can be a handful And for that I apologize Melt me with those maple brown eyes but you handle me like, like the way trees flow in an autumn breeze, so gentle, so smooth. I, I can't help but be in love with you, because you make it so easy. Sleep with me, dream with me, to a far off place where, where no one can find us, where it's just us. Caught up in the rush of our lust as we make love from dawn to dust. As I look down and see you beneath me, looking up at me, smiling, sometimes staring me down, making love to me with your eyes as you hold on tight for the ride. I, I love you. I love, I love the feel of your thigh. Where your flesh feels against my flesh, the way your chest feels against my chest, the way we pause, we take deep breaths, deep, deep, deep breaths. The thought of knowing that you are mine Makes me lose all track of time So we end up making love for hours Just just because there's nothing else to do It's just you on top of me And me on top of you With the sweetest smell of romance in the room I, I take a whiff to consume the perfume Because I want to smell of you with, with me all day Just one whiff, just one sniff Takes my breath away Got me Finding, got me finding, got me fiending, got me fiending, got me fiending to see you on the next day. The exact same way. Me looking down at you and you staring up at me. Can't think of a better position for us to be, so just love me. And if you feel it in your heart, girl, it'll just marry me. With the thought of knowing that this is what God always wanted us to be. You see, it's beautiful in the beginning. The beginning is the alpha. 
The beginning be the alpha as it is written it. It be the first chapter they call life. Beautiful as it is in the beginning. Never thinking about an ending, just just thinking about building. Creating that solid foundation to stand on. Trusting. Hoping that you don't stand alone, man. Just just hoping. Nose wide open. Walking on faith. Just trying to keep pace. Trying not to lose the race of everyday life. Life, life, life. You see this? This be my Monday morning blue. I find myself caught up in the rapture, just longing, longing for her, missing her, her heavenly touch, oh, so very much, like I didn't just see her on Sunday, yet I find myself daydreaming about her, I find myself daydreaming about her all day, all day on Monday, daydreaming about all the love making we did over the weekend to no end, it just got me longing, daydreaming about her once again as I long for her kiss, I look at my t-shirt that she had online across my bed and I can't help but reminisce, I pick it up and pull it close to me, close my eyes, take a deep breath and I can smell her scent. Reminded me once again of the time that we spent just, just love making. The smell is something out of a, a bath and body works and the sweet smelling aroma is enough to drop me to my knees as I shake my head like, like I'm about to repent. It's just the smell of moonlight path reminding me of our sexy, sexy hour long bubble bath or was it the smell of a midnight pomegranate? You see, it's been less than 24 hours, y'all, since she's been gone and, and already, man, already I can't stand it. I'm just longing, longing for her. I'm fine. I'm fiending. I'm fine. I'm fiending for her love like an addict addicted to a drug. She, she got, she got me on that crack, y'all. <laughs> I got to have it like that Spike Lee joint. Y'all, I need it. You see, I, I need it, y'all. I, I need it in the worst way. Like a fiend that, that can't stay clean. Look, look at me, y'all. She, she got me shaking. She got me shaking just thinking about the crazy love making I'm going through withdrawal from the lack of it all, from the lack of her kiss, from the lack of her touch, from the lack of her love that I miss oh so much and she just left this homeboy alone like, like yesterday. You see, this be my Monday morning blues. I'm going to be this way until the weekend rolls back around. Just fine. Just feeling just fiending, y'all. I'm gonna be this way until her, until I hear the sound of her walking through my door. I'm gonna be this way until Friday. Just fine. Just, just fiending. And then I do this dance all over again. We gonna do this romance again. All freaking weekend. You see, it's beautiful in the beginning. The beginning be the alpha as it is written. It, it be the first chapter they call life. Beautiful as it is in the beginning. Never thinking about an ending. Just thinking about building. Creating that solid foundation to stand on. Trusting. Hoping that you stand alone. Just hoping. Nose wide open. Walking on faith. Just trying to keep the pace. Trying not to lose the race of everyday life. Proverbs 18.22 states that he that finds a wife uh, finds a good thing and obtains favor, obtains favor in the Lord. And I guess that means that, that I have found favor, much favor, much favor, y'all, because I have surely found me a good thing. I stand here today and I, I say to you that I, <laughs> that I, Eddie L. Oliver, 
Oh man, I have found a wife. Someone I can trust. Someone I can love. Someone that loves and believes in me just as I love and believe in her. Someone that I vow to cherish. Someone that I, I vow to protect with my very last breath until death. Until death. Until death. Until death, y'all. Until death do us apart. You see, she. Ah, uh, she and only she with, with all her beauty and her brains and her amazing smile, man. She. Ah, uh, yes, she. She was the one who was good enough to capture my heart. When I wasn't even looking for love. When I wasn't even looking for, for my heart to be captured. When I, when I didn't even know, y'all, that, that love existed. When I didn't even know that love was looking for me, man. She, she captured my heart. And I say to you that somehow, some way, somewhere, y'all, <laughs> are we found each other. Through the mist and the fog, through, through the tall buildings and towering trees, y'all. Somehow, uh, some way, man, we, we, we found each other. Like two ships lost in the night. Like, like two people lost in the wilderness. Like, like two people stranded at sea. You see, we, oh man, we found each other. Like in John 9, 25, man, all I know is, once I was blind, but now I see. Now I can see what love truly is. Now I can see what, what love must, must look like. And it's a beautiful thing, y'all. Because now my eyes are wide open. Now I know. Now I know that, that he who finds a wife, surely, surely, surely finds a good thing. I'm here to say, y'all, that I have surely found me a good thing. <laughs> you see, it's, it's beautiful in the beginning. Beginning be the alpha as it is written, it be the first chapter they call life. Beauty as it is in the beginning. Never thinking about it ending, just thinking about building, creating that solid foundation to stand on. Trusting, hoping that you don't stand alone, just hoping, nose wide open, walking on faith, just trying to keep pace, trying not to lose the race of every day, of every day, of everyday life. Yeah.
That was Eddie Oliver with Beautiful Beginnings. We are back. As I said, we are having some issues with our phone line, so if you're trying to call in and you can't, if you're getting that fast, busy signal, just keep trying. Everything should be good. I'm going to go ahead and try to bring on area code 419. 419, are you with me? Maybe? 419? Um, yes. Hi, Marla. <laughs> Yay, a human voice. Hello, sweetheart. How are you doing? No, good. How about you? I'm doing awesome. It's good to hear from you. Yes, yes, yes. It's good to be here. Um, <laughs> all right. Actually, um, I'd like to do a couple of poems. Um, the first one is is um, uh, a tribute to had a, we had a death in the family, and you know I use I use poetry and and music to kind of put my uh, my thoughts and my feelings in perspective. And, um, so I wrote this poem. It's basically kind of like how I was able to deal with it. Um, my little sister, my sister-in-law, uh, passed away. Um, so this poem is a tribute to her. Uh, it's entitled, and then the, if I can do another one, it's, it's a short poem for my new book. Uh, entitled Silent Whispers. Of course. Uh, okay. So the first one is uh, entitled How Can I Say I Miss You? How can I say I miss you? When words can I express my grief? I hang on to the memories that bring me some relief. Your smile, your voice, your presence, and the moments that we share was testimony to all of us of how much you really cared. Everything you said and did, I know, came from your heart. And I always knew that you were near, though we were miles apart. Mother, wife, daughter, sister, you excelled in each endeavor. The mark you left on all of us will be with us forever. God often gives us angels to help us through this life. I was blessed to have you in mind and your sister for my wife. How can I say that I miss you when words cannot express my grief? I hang on to the memories that bring me some relief. End poem. That was so beautiful and endearing and tender. That was incredible, sweetheart. Thank you. I mean, you you could really feel the love. In the words. Yeah, we were we were pretty close. Closer than most people realize, you know. Mhm. Uh, I shared a lot of things with her. I don't. I want to share with a lot of people about you know growing up and stuff like that. So, so this next one is uh, is from my new book entitled Silent Whispers. It's actually um, I, I don't have a title for it yet, so it's untitled. <clears throat> I looked into your eyes And I could hear your heartbeat I could hear the thumping of your pulse And I could feel the warmth that came over you Your face was aglow And, and your thoughts Your thoughts they were slow dancing To a love battle The silence The silence was enchanting And while I was embracing that moment I wondered was I really looking into your eyes or feeling you 
looking into my end point. That was a love poem. Yes. Do you know what the name of that should be? What should it be? The Rhythm of Love. Oh, okay. The Rhythm of the Heartbeat that you referred to in there. Uh-huh. The, the Rhythm of Love. Wow, I like that. <laughs> I <laughs> am useful. I am, I am, I am. <laughs> <laughs> of course you are. Uh, so we are having issues with the line. Do you have one more you want to read, hon? Uh, I can. Uh, hold on, let me look here real quick. Um, okay. Um, uh, I don't know if I've read this one before. Um, it's, in my, it's in my book, uh, uh, Tears from the Hood. This is how these thoughts, these thoughts went into my head. Vivid images once lay dead, dormant, now rise to be spoken. The silence has been broken and must be heard. Listen to my words. Plymouth Rock was not a land. It was an invasion. A fake occasion to destroy a way of life. In the burial grounds of Sioux, Cherokee, Apache, Pawnee, and the entire Indian nation have been desecrated by amber waves of grain. And everything above the fruited plain is covered with their blood. This silence must be broken. No longer can we remain mute and hide what we feel. Strange food is real. Liberty and justice for all is a faulty assumption. Jurisprudence. Jewish prudence has never been equal. We live in a sequel to slavery, to the 20th century mask, and our task is to survive. These thoughts running through my head, vivid images once laid dead, now come to, now rise to be spoken, and our silence has been broken. And I say to you, yes, we can. Yes, we can. End poem. I love it. So is is there another one in there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. You know there's another one in there. Okay, let's see. Um, you know, I'm going to do, uh, I've done it before, but it's one of your favorite poems of mine. So I'm going to do this for you. Okay. Wings. I think I think I'm gonna pack my things, close my eyes, and, and spread my wings and and fly away from this place. My old master, he ain't right. He took my wife the other night, sold my children's off a spike, looking me, looking me right in the face. I done give him all I've got. Does he care? I like it's not. But he gonna miss me when I pop. All my life I've been a slave. He worked my pappy to his grave. Treating us like like some old maid. Old master. Ain't got no heart. 
Lord, seems I've seen a thousand years. Seems I shed a million tears. That ain't the way it's supposed to be. All day long I work the field. Planting seed on land been tilled. Picking cotton from the yield and praying. Friends, someday, someday I'll be free. I was tired of speaking in this old shed. Chicken feathers for my bed. Us, us all crumped to one room. My old master, he just bowed. He smelled like something from the bottle. Squint his eyes and, and make a style. Look like the face of gloom. Lord, I just can't take no more. I'm going to pack my things and go. All my life for this I planned. Oh, master, he's going to try to hunt me down. And if I find that I am found, when when they lays my body in that ground, I'll be with you in the promised land. See, my, my pappy, my pappy, he told me about your place. Over there, over there on the other side of grace, said everybody there got wings. Ain't no master with no whip. Ain't no cotton balls to snip. Just joyous folks with whom to quit. And gospel, and gospel, and gospels, all their saints, and poor. I'm so glad you read that. That is one of my favorites. I love it. Thank you. All right, I'll stop picking on you. (laughs) (laughs) Pick on me as much as you want to. Tell people how to find your baby. Okay, you can find me on uh, Facebook under Melvin Douglas Johnson and also on YouTube under the same name. Very cool. All right, sweetheart, I hope you enjoy the uh, workshop next week, and I cannot wait to see what beautiful thing you bring me the following week. Did I say that right? (laughs) Okay, there's a workshop next week? Yeah, we're doing a workshop next week. I will be up in the mountains. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. We'll talk to you then, honey. Thank you. You're welcome. Good night. All right. Good night. All right. And I am going to play another track real quick that I think that you will absolutely love. This is Cassandra Tribe with Executioner's Song. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> It's midnight, the moon bright off the flame. I am the hope of forgotten men, God in a world without blame. Sometimes it cushions with deeds. Food is proof of kindness, kindness bargained for peace. 
prayers are said, permission loomed, so it begins. Death enters the room. The life that waited retreats from the world. The soul is forgotten, the body pieced by worms. Death will go back to living until he is needed again. Memory will be argued by no one called a friend. Compared to a soldier fetid for killing in the name of caprice, death in the peace is kept hidden. Blind justice fails its increase. Even on battlefields, there is no faith. Even in war, rules contain blame. At home where soldiers are bootless, death is recruited and paid, service requested and rendered, secrecy hides all blame. Judas fed coins to soil, the only seeds that ever grew, trees to watch the world, and man as he stumbles through. Bright moon finds swaying face to hide and reveal again, flashes of effort misplaced, spun chance revealed forsaken. In solemn place, the body strapped down and blinded still communicates. Press wafer provides the food. Food to assuage the weak, leaving the body hungry, crying one last speech. Bright moon finds swaying face to hide and reveal again. Flashes of effort misplaced, spun chance revealed forsaken. I have gone to husbands who were fathers. I have gone to wives who were mothers, wanting them to serve solid food better. The plate they gave me was empty, though it was turned just so, hoping I wouldn't notice, broke finish, mold, and go. Brother and sister after forgot me and argued on how, when wine had been flowing so freely, their cups were empty now. Not agreeing with any reason, they decided each other to slur, the wine soaked into the ground, no pool of bliss anymore. No one in this world that loves secrets revealed, wants to know the why of I am. Even the Christ on the hill was asked the source of his plan. I am the secret son of faith who chose a different stand, following words inspired, but written by human hands. My temples you'll find in castles filled with forgotten men, each of them sacrificed food to men's growing sin. I am the one who goes on, the one who should be condemned, but I make the sleep of the world, quiet dismissed for kin. One day the world will go blind, and in blindness finally see. The flame on my altar will fade, and midnight will never be. Till then I am always invited, false promise of life believed, for I am the Christ of the chamber. These castles only I enter, yet rule I both now and now. My hour of worship is midnight, the room where I thought you came. I am the hope of the forgotten men, walking the room that blame.
That was Cassandra Tribe with Executioner's Song. All right, everybody, I want to thank you for being here tonight. I appreciate you. It's going to be an amazing week. Enjoy the workshop that we are going to be doing, and I will see you the following week. I will keep you posted on, if I can, if I have cell service, I'll keep you posted on what's going out there in the wilds. I'll miss you guys. And uh, I'm going to close the show tonight with a piece that is called Chesapeake Economy. This is uh, Casey Rochelle. Love you guys. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Good night. eyes on him every morning. He is five and a fistful of rocks, light collapsing somewhere beyond his irises. We play with the globe in the basement. It asks him locations of oceans and countries. When he turns away to play basketball, the globe repeats, can you find Africa? Can you find Africa? Oh, baby, Jamestown. The war tin cups could have brought you down, but your rifles bellowed in all the red meadows. This is what it's come to. These suburbs from Powhatan's factions. All these houses are identical siblings, and their cars the telltale birthmarks. This house cluttered with televisions and cleanliness, the cupboard of perfume, a bathroom for every bed in a three-story duplicate mini-manse. My brother's hands are never empty. They penciled his birthday into their checkbooks. I used to sleep on a plastic-wrapped couch when I would visit my biological father in Roxbury Projects when he still lived with his mother. Tonight, he's probably filling the gas tank of his Escalade and thinking about the significance of key. A Dutch ship accidentally landed at Jamestown and traded 20 negars with the English for supplies. The first Africans paying the ultimate cover charge to get into the world's best nightclub. The man half responsible for my birth calls me white girl. He is a black Republican who owns things for a living. His wife, Annie, won't let her 18-year-old son drive her Jaguar through the hood because Baltimore's murder rate is too high, but she owns property there, and someone's got to manage it. One time I watched her yell, Hood rat! Ghetto trash! at a tenant from her throne in the Escalade like she wasn't embarrassed by her real hair, like she didn't used to throw down in Dorchester. Thanksgiving, 
a hotel room filled with what would become two weeks' worth of leftovers if we were in Maryland, when the Caribbean woman who works for housekeeping knocked. Annie flung her index finger in the direction of what wasn't vacuumed the day before, offers the woman nothing but orders. That December, they spent $1,600 renting a tent for a Christmas party chiseled out of someone else's Bible pages. Montego Bay, Jamaica, my cousin's wedding, sidewalk men flat-backed on cardboard over a hundred degrees outside, the taxi is air-conditioned, downtown the fruit markets are bruised, overripe, July, Carrington says, these people look like they're getting ready to die, can you find Africa? I spend the week drinking heavily, staring at an unfamiliar ocean or watching James Bond and wondering if I am guilty. Annie speaks in a Jafakan accent at Miss Ruth, our personal chef who lives on the resort full-time, and tells the old woman, We're black. We like to eat. Oh, I guess you are too. We're African-American. Tells her, We want to take you back to America and have you cook at me house. 300 years back, there were black slaveholders nestled in the pockets of the South. No one much likes to talk about it, but they kept property too. call the Escalade bootstrap. He drives me to the airport while juggling two cell phones and pressing 80. Carrington is silent in the back seat, placated by the video screen hanging down. I want to ask about my grandfather, the one who was murdered for four dollars and some change. He was a successful man who drank too much. The scenery flies by and thins out. I am silent. Where the trees go Hey, where's the new world? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.